The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. today. What? Uh, we now know uh, who the next uh, police chief of Edmonton is going to be. Right. Dale McPhee taking over for um, uh, Rod Connect. Um, well, he retired Rod Connect, uh, uh, retired a couple weeks back or last uh, Friday when we have a um, Interim uh, deputy, uh, interim chief right now, but McPhee swearing in will happen early in the, in the new year. Um, he was chief of police in Prince Albert, uh, Saskatchewan, president of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police. Most recently, uh, Saskatchewan's deputy minister of corrections and policing for the past six years. I uh, spoke to the media this morning talking about his vision moving forward. The vision I hope to share and move forward to the men and women of the service is one that moves away from hard on crime, which is arrest and incarcerate, or soft on crime, which many relate to hugs and second chances, to an area that's smart on community safety. Smart on community safety meaning that we will balance and do both at the same time. Also meaning community safety is a lot bigger than policing and we will need our partners at the table to address the issues driving responses in our city. Edmonton is a growing, diverse city. As a police service, we must reflect and ensure that we are doing our part to help and grow and keep communities safe. Effective policing has to be local, which means underneath and supportive of the community. I am committed to ensuring that I meet with our many community leaders as soon as possible to ensure that they have what they need from us to help address issues in their local environment. Dale McPhee, the next um, police chief in Edmonton, will be sworn in in early 2019. Well, there you go. What else would you like to do with the balance of the afternoon? I know we're going to keep you updated if anything new comes out of uh, Sherwood Park. I doubt very much anything new is going to come out of the whole uh, sending videos and texts of your or pictures of yourself. Did you want to talk about... Um, just briefly... Sure. Um, on Ryan Jesperson's show this morning, Calgary East MLA Robin Luff uh, talked about uh, kind of what went down. So was she's I, I the think one that was, that was yesterday morning. No, it was this morning. Was it this morning she okay. was kicked out. Uh, well, she, she talked to Jesperson this morning just after eleven o'clock. Right. Okay. Uh, was kicked out of the NDP caucus after alleging she was being bullied by the party leadership. She, uh, now says she uh, plans to quit politics. Uh, she says she wasn't surprised by being kicked out. I knew uh, going into this that there was going to be one of two outcomes. Um, either, you know, the party could have publicly addressed that there were some problems and um, talk about ways that they could work at fixing them, or which I, I was hopeful might be the case. Um, but I, I did know the likeliest option was probably uh, what, what happened. So, of course, what did she have to deal with? Love pulled back the curtain a little bit on that. There wasn't necessarily a tipping point. It was just a build-up slowly over the last three years of um, wanting to talk about this, and specifically wanting to talk about the issue of, of MLA autonomy and our ability to speak freely in the legislature. Um, you know, I can understand how other folks in caucus who didn't have that concern wouldn't necessarily have felt um, some of the some of the intimidation that I felt because I really was trying to push this one issue, and it was just uh, you know when I when I talked to folks, um, it was just I was just constantly told that my concerns weren't important, that this particular issue wasn't a priority, and I was blocked at every turn, and, and quite 
frankly, I was often made to feel um, like I was the problem. Like if I was talking to a, a chief of staff, I, you know, they would tell me like, well, this is just sort of the way that it is. And we can't, we can't, uh, you know, always look for consensus on everything. It just, it's just not the way the politics works. And, you know, you were elected to be part of a team and this is the way that we do things. Um, and, you know, would go through long histories of like politics and make me feel like I, you know, didn't know anything because I was new to the process and just really not address the fact that what I was bringing up was the issue of representation and democracy. Um, they just didn't seem to care. So you're hearing from a Calgary East MLA, Robin Love, who was uh, kicked out of the NDP caucus on Monday night after she said backbenchers are told what to say, what questions to ask, and who they can be photographed with. Um, she said they were threatened with losing committee assignments and other perks if they didn't toe the line. But despite it all, she says she um, never considered jumping ship. I think, um, you know, in the reading and... and uh that I've done, it seems that the culture of uh, party control is pretty, um, it's, it's involved in all political parties in Canada and in Alberta. And also, like, I share NDP values, and that's why I was disappointed that they chose to kick me out. I, I ran for the NDP, and I've been involved in the NDP because I share their values, and I share uh, their mission and, and their policies for Alberta. And so uh, if I can't remain a part of the party that I most identify with, I have no interest in joining any other party. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. This is how political parties work. This is what happens. This is how bench uh, backbenchers are typically treated in any party at any level. So it's kind of like she's saying, she's saying, like, you know, this is the way politics... Uh, she, she was expecting a lot more, and then the reality of this is how it works is... Yeah, it, the job wasn't what she had hoped it would be, right? And Which is fine. I've seen a number of people say, too, and you have to remember the, the, Notley, the Notley government uh, won with a... <laughs> A slew of very inexperienced exactly. politicians. Well, well that's not just even politicians, it. just inexperienced candidates. Let's put it that way. People would never. And again, I'm not saying that you have to be a politician, become a good politician, that sort of thing. Or, you know, there's all sorts yeah. of. But we all know about, you know, the last election. And so to have maybe some control on how things are being done, how what's being said, what's not being said. Although, you know, you go back to Stephen Harper and he came under fire quite often too for quite having a you know strong hand and mm -hmm. making sure of the message that was being sent at all times and whether or yeah. not that you know hurt him in the last election or not you know it, because i'm probably going to say something that'll that'll people will take the wrong way so let me qualify what i'm about to tell you with i think this mla um uh, Robin Luff. I think she's an honorable person. I think she's. Uh, I think she ran for politics for all the right reasons. I think she wanted to make a difference and and create change and move the province forward in a positive way. So, I, I still believe all of that to be true. But I sort of liken it to, uh, as you just mentioned, like uh, you know, when you come in, when you come from a a party that has what four seats mm -hmm. uh, to a party that has a majority, you're bound to get a lot of people without a, a whole lot of experience. And I I sort of thought. Of, uh, I was about to say, I likened it to, you know, if they suddenly handed over the airplane to the crew that, you know, so you've got one or two people who know how to fly the plane. And by the way, their job is to keep the plane in the air. That's their job, right? The party leadership is there to, well, let's make sure this isn't four and, you know, or one and done. It's not four years mm -hmm. now. So, yeah, they want to maintain control. And I sort of picture, and again, honestly, meant as no insult to this uh, MLA, um, 
you know, if she's like first time on a plane going, well, I want to fly the plane. Like, well, you don't get to fly the plane the first time. You you sort of work your way up to that kind of thing, right? But I get, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I kind of get both sides on this. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree with that. I think that's see, anytime you go into a job expecting it maybe to be one way and it doesn't turn out quite the yeah. way that you think it is and you give yourself an amount of time to decide how right. long you're going to stick around yeah. or you make that change. That's right, because, I mean, if you think about it this way, if I were to run as an MLA, um, I would think of myself as representing the constituents mm-hmm. uh, who voted me in and, and those who didn't, right? I would be representing my riding. So in that way, I can see where an MLA would think, well, I'm equal to the premier or I'm equal to the justice minister or I'm equal to the education minister because I also represent a riding. So I should have an equal voice. But as she said in that little clip that we played, apparently this is not how government works or politics works. Well, that's right. That isn't how politics works. And, and maybe it should work the way she wants it to, but it doesn't work that way. And so that's the reality. You get in mm. there and realize I don't have an equal voice, even though I represent, you know, I hold an equal uh, responsibility for representing my constituents. So she's probably making the right decision. I mean, I mean, yeah, personally, I'm not sure if I was uh, able to get elected and I'm not, if I was able to get elected and found that it wasn't what I wanted it to be, I would just keep chipping. I, I, I know I would. I would say, okay, well, give me a small committee to, to run, or here's the one idea. Let's get one of my ideas in a private member's bill, or let's... Yeah, but she's saying that that's not happening. At, right, not happening for her. It has ha- not, yeah. not happening uh, at all. Yeah. And so that would be, I can see how that would be frustrating. Think of any job that you have, and if you want to see change being made, and you're constantly, you know, sure. smacking your head against the wall and nothing's nothing's happening. I, I think the NDP's greatest challenge, frankly, is to remain in power, right? And I think their greatest opportunity to remain in power is to have an iron fist when it comes to communication and they want to be seen as a specific type of party and they have to make sure that they're always seen as that because i mean most of us believe don't we probably that they're one and done so you know i i I know a lot of people hope that i honestly believe they likely are or at the very least they're going to come back as a minority government i could be totally wrong but i can see where they would say look at we pulled off the upset of the century but the game's not over so let's be very careful about who we take pictures with. Let's not make the mistakes the opposition yeah. is making. That I think kind of one, thing. One of the other challenges they're going to have is you know they're losing some some senior um, and you know some some uh, members who've been around. You know the Brian Masons uh, of the world trying to find people who. Um, maybe have more experience than mm-hmm. someone who was just written in to fill a spot. Yeah, for sure. In whatever in whatever way that is. Well, didn't the federal NDP run into this same challenge? Do you remember when there was that uh, big sweep of uh, NDP seats in a federal election and you know, one of the and again, I, I, it just happens to be the NDP. I'm not specifically oh, wasn't she in Vegas? Wasn't she? Yeah, she was in Vegas. She was a bartender Vegas, that was on vacation yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. Like that, you know, who knew? I guess that's not the same thing. It's just well, one of those when a know, lot of seats change hands, that's what happens, right? I remember, you know, going back to the Klein days here. When I started working here in 2000 and, and covering the, the the Klein government, and we thought, "Whoa, oh boy," because you never know that was that <laughs> yeah. was some uh, that was some wild times too. Get and a then, job. And then you started, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then you know everything that's the the, the leaderships, everything. Mm-hmm. Just what the 
hell has been going on <laughs> yeah. over the past number of years? And, uh, you know, if nothing else, as we know, politics in this province has been um, exciting, uh, oh. frustrating, yeah. uh, head-shaking, mind-boggling, <laughs> uh, thrilling, you know, depending on, on, on the day and depending on, uh, you know, what team you're on. Yeah, absolutely. But boy, oh boy, it's not going to change. <laughs> no, it should be just as interesting this next time around. I don't know if this is uh, clever timing or not. <laughs> okay. uh, the city announcing on this what has been a very <laughs> busy news day. Uh, listen to this. The city uh, just announced the uh, final round of testing uh, by signal supplier Talus for the Metro line will happen this weekend. Officials have called a news conference for tomorrow to announce the specific details of what you'll see when the system gets its final run through before a city imposed December 4th deadline. That was their 15th deadline, wasn't it? It takes that many crews to plant a tree. So I can see where I think that was certainly in the top mm. 10 deadlines. Uh, the city says uh, all along they've had a plan B in place to take over the system. <laughs> if Telus fails, they should have, you know what they should have done on a day like this when all attention is diverted, they, they should have ended that with, uh, and there's going to be a tax increase that just turned off the mics. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to ask. Next time, remind me about this, will you? The next time we have a city councilor in or the mayor or somebody like that, I want to ask again. I want an answer to this question. Now, I asked a councilor uh, and didn't, I don't feel as though I got a good answer. So maybe it's the way I asked the question. If people have been smoking marijuana all along, why do we need more money to police marijuana? That's, uh, uh, and maybe I, I put the question just as simply as that. I don't, I don't really understand if it was, I know it was illegal before and now it's legal, but if you make something legal, shouldn't there be less enforcement? Yeah, no, I think it, it in part, it went back to the Draeger 500s and the proper training of that yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and buying, buying that. If it was just, it just that, just, I could, yeah, I could understand. Okay. Yeah, I could. But then you testing, wonder, well, why did you wait testing. until it was legal to start testing it? Didn't you well, want to know if people was, were? Well, no, because the problem, well, the problem was, is that they're not sure if it's doing the thing. They're I know. still trying to figure it all but out. But see, it's it's a sort of a double-sided message because what you're saying is because we waited until it was legal and now we're concerned no. uh, that it, people will be driving under no. the influence, we ha we need this equipment. So what you're saying is you weren't concerned about that prior to it being no, legal. No, no, no. They, they've said that they were concerned and they were always going to rely on that field sobriety testing that's saying that there's yeah. that they could right now and they will continue to do that. But once the, this other machine became available, it's like, oh, and if it can do this, mm -hmm. You know, because right now you're you're touching your nose and walking in a straight line. If there was something like, uh, you know, to, to measure alcohol that could measure yeah. pot, then, you know, hey, we're good to go. But the question is, is this really the way to do it? Is this a legit way? And we've heard lawyers say right from the get-go, yeah, come on, bring it on. Oh, it's definitely going it to the Supreme Court. It's going to have to be sorted out. And we knew that all along, yeah. right, that there would be challenges to this, and we'll figure it out. And 20 years from now, our, our kids will be telling their children or their grandchildren that they were around and remember when marijuana was legalized and was actually a problem, just as my dad used to talk about when prohibition ended, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it will all work. Yeah, uh, the, the supply shortage. The uh, yeah, it's still the, the going challenges. on. Yeah. Uh, well, I asked. God. You know, when we had uh, Aurora on, and I asked, well, how how do you build up a reserve for something that's about to become legal but isn't legal yet? Because you're not supposed to be building up a reserve. And you know, you can you can grow for medical marijuana, then redesignate it as recreational marijuana, but you're kind of 
you know, I don't want to say skirting the law, but you're kind of, you know, somewhere between the lines of the law. But apparently they didn't because there's been shortages everywhere. I heard from a friend, and I don't typically, that's me, but it isn't. I heard from a friend that the lineups were still like a half hour to 45 mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. just to get in the store. Yeah, and, and some stores are still, they still have... Out of stock. Uh, and some, well, some stores are out of stock. Other stores still have stock. So it's just huh. been the way each have uh, planned it and done it. But the Alberta Cannabis website is uh, still just like out of stock, out of stock. Is there some party that wants to uh, order it just to see how it works? Like, I, I've thought about it just to see how it works. Yeah, we, we, I signed up just to go through the process yeah. to see how it, to see how it oh, works. Oh, do you have to sign up? Yeah, you have to sign up. You have to register, and you have to put uh, ID through. Oh, I don't want uh, so it's a whole, So it's a whole checks. thing like that. But no, no and that's, it was just a photo ID thing, because I, I wanted to see how it worked. Oh, I know okay. Danielle uh, in Calgary at QR770, she actually did it on the first day to, to talk about the process, how to go through it all. Oh, really? Right? Eh? Yeah, mm. she did it on air. But uh, I'm, I'm always grateful that Chad doesn't do any background checks. So I yeah. try and avoid them. The end of it all. <laughs> As someone said uh, when we were talking about it on October 17th, you two sound like my parents talking about pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because we are. That's right. <laughs> and now go to your room. <laughs> Don't listen to us. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.